This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. It's Saturday morning to you. Welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. Hey, happy Saturday morning. Trying to get you up and moving for the day. Ready to go for another weekend all around. It's nice and chilly out, 13 degrees. And yes, I am wearing a t-shirt and shorts today. <laughs> because why the heck not? So, ready to rock and roll for a whole nother weekend. Welcome in. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, I would love to hear from you today. We've got a lot to get to. Bottom of the hour, Andrew Weens. He is with the Wichita Area Chamber of Commerce and Government Relations. We'll talk about what they're doing with the Wichita Chamber, getting things ready for a whole new year, trying to reopen after COVID-19, working with the state legislature during the session that's ongoing right now. Looking forward to that chat here in just a little bit. Also, State Representative Leo Delperding, he'll be in studio with us in the 10 o'clock hour to talk about the latest uh, issues going out of Topeka in Legislative Session 2022. All of it right here on KQAM, presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Still, like the only people in the Mid-America region that actually can have a actually amount of surplus of gold and silver available to you because it's really hard to get right now. Phil Martinez is actually in studio with us right now. Phil, uh, yeah, you guys still rocking the, the only place in town that actually has gold and silver. Well, that's just the way it is. It's what you do. I mean, you know, the gold not too bad, week, two weeks. Silver is a month out. Silver's a month out. Yeah, if I oh. order silver today, if I order silver today, I can figure a month out. And they're, since they're having cold weather down in Houston, where my supplier is, why? Uh, matter of fact, they shipped out a bunch. They got it all back because everybody else in the country was closed. Wow. So they're waiting until Monday to ship out. So it's it's crazy. But basically, we're we're waiting four weeks for anything. But we still have plenty of silver on hand. That is good to know. Uh, now, are, are things calming down a little bit after the holidays, or are things still pretty intense because of the way the economy is going and the inflation and the concern about the economy, concerned about the supply chain issues? Uh, is it still extremely high demanding right now, or have things leveled out a bit? They're still pretty, pretty, pretty tough. I mean, you know, we did close Wednesday, I guess. We were back open Thursday. Things are kind of slow, you know, not a – Nothing to ride home about day. Sure. But but at the same time, we still ordered uh, 20, 30, about 40 ounces of gold yesterday and 1,000 ounce, ounces of silver. So that was just to replace what we did that day. So we're still moving lots and lots of material. Yeah. Uh, getting harder and harder to find. Still, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've never, normally I don't have my all my eggs in one basket, but this company is, we're able to be pretty competitive with everybody because of our supplier. Right. And uh, so he's working on a very small margin, which I never had anybody work on that small margin before. So it's, it's uh, <laughs> you know, normally they make as much as I do. But uh, I say at the same time that I think you just need to buy your own, like, drilling company and just mining company and just mine it. Because you go through so much that you should probably just mine it directly out of the ground and have a be shipped directly well, to those coins. The guy that we're buying our stuff from, we were talking the other day, and I said, you know, I says, I had your number of your your supplier. I just go to him. Yeah, and he goes, you know, if you want his number, I'll give it to you for the money we're making on you. Wow. For the amount of money we do through you, you know, we're still going to pick up all your gold business and all everything else. He said that's still a, a big 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 part of our business. Sure. So you know, uh, I'll give you the number. You can call them, set up your own arrangements with them. <laughs> and I thought for the nickel and dime, we're going to you know because 
basically, I don't know how I'd have to order, but I, I know they don't ship less than 5,000 ounces. Sure. So that one week, we got 5,000 ounces on Tuesday and 5,000 ounces on Wednesday and 5,000 ounces on Thursday. And so, you know, that's 15,000 ounces, and we were still almost out. Sure. So it's, 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 re- it's really crazy. But uh, so far, we've been able to stay ahead of everybody. Silver Eagles are not too bad. We usually have any Eagles we want within about a week. Mm-hmm. So we're keeping the Eagle supply pretty well. Eagles are, you know, some guy came in the other day and got in a discussion with my wife. And my wife gets a little offensive sometimes when you start questioning our amount of money we're charging for stuff. Right. You know, I mean, I'm sure the guy didn't go into Dylan's and say, I think you're making too much on a loaf of bread <laughs> right. and kind of got, I don't know. He got his feathers in a wad and walked out and stopped at the door. And he says, I spent so much money with you. Da, 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 da. I guess you're prepared not to get any more of my money. And I said, I guess if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. But what he hasn't realized is he's not going to buy it any cheaper anywhere, anywhere else. else. Yeah. And if he orders it anywhere else, He's going to be in a computer, and if the government ever wants to know who's got it, his name is top of the list. They're going to, you know, so you know, it's it's one. You know, we get people come in there, and they start telling me what they're going to pay for their silver, and and I say, well, that's fine. Have a nice day, and you know, if you want to buy five hundred ounces, I'll give you a guy's number you can call and you can buy it, and if you want to pay a dollar more than what what you're telling me you want to pay, and and order 500 ounces, I think I can make that happen for you. Sure. I said, because I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I'm not going to put out $25, $26, $27 for silver and sell it and make a nickel or diamond ounce. Right. I mean, I'm only working on basically, the other day we figured anywhere between 5 and 7%. So this, everybody thinks we're making hundreds of dollars. They don't realize that basically the markets are 270 over spot to me. Yeah. Somebody called the other day, Eagles are 825 over spot to me. So eight dollars wow. and twenty five cents over spot. These guys come in and say, "Man, look at all the money you're making. If if you were making the money that I was making, you wouldn't be selling silver for the price <laughs> I'm selling it for." And I've tried this time and time again. I give them all the numbers and what would you make? And I guarantee you, they'd all sell it for more money than I did. Sure. So that's just the way it is. Well, you're you're pushing out a lot of product, and that's yeah, uh, yeah. You're pushing out a lot of product, and and everybody sees. I mean, not only the inventory wise, with the price wise, and just and just what you're getting. I mean, this it, it, there's there's no other place. I mean, silver right now is sitting what about twenty two fifty two as like of that. yesterday twenty two fifty ish. Is that about what you were expecting about this time now? I know that you're saying no. it's going to increase, but. It's uh, it's still remaining relatively low than what it needs Too to be. Too cheap. Too cheap. Too cheap. I cannot. I just keep shaking my head every time. It, every time it drops down, I'm just shaking my head, going, "Man," and it's and it's all a Ponzi scheme. I mean, you know, you got all these guys <laughs> shorting silver on contracts and stuff like that. And and I went to a, one of the clubs here in town a couple of years ago and did a talk. And some guy said, well, should we, should we buy our silver in physical or should we buy our silver on paper? And I said, physical. And he goes, yeah, but I can control way more silver on paper and I don't have to store it. Mm. And I said, yeah, but for every ounce that you've bought, it's been sold 100 times to somebody else. So you're one of 100 that owns that same ounce of silver. And if crap hits the fan, the first guy through the door that cashes his silver in will get the silver and you're either going to get a certificate that says you you it's worth this much, or you're not going to get anything because they don't have any silver. Sure. So it, so basically, they've just leveraged and leveraged and leveraged. And when the government set all this up to do the GLDs and their CLD or silver silver traded funds, they said that they had to have so many ounces. 
Okay, well, if they had to have a million ounces or two million ounces or three million ounces, whatever the number was, I don't know. But when that number came up, the government didn't say, well, for a million ounces you sell on paper, you have to have like 10% or 20% of it in stock. They didn't say that. So now all of a sudden things that are leveraged 100 times and there isn't anything to back it. Right. So if you've got your money in paper, um, you could lose everything. That is very concerning. It almost reminds me of the early 1900s. Obviously, when the Great Depression hit, we were living in the you know the the great 20s. You know the big yeah. party, everything. You know, and everybody was quote unquote rich and valuable on paper. But then when everything hit, they realized the paper didn't really mean anything. And when the system kind of reset, then there was a lot of people that lost a lot of money. A lot of money, absolutely. Yeah. Are we going down that same road? Are you seeing a repeat here? I don't know. I'm a I'm a certain day I'm a gloom and doomer. I mean, I'm sorry. I keep, you know, I think the stock market is overvalued and I've read things and I've listened to people and there's some saying they're going to see a 70% correction and you know, you know, but at the same time I'm surrounded by the same people because the people that are coming in and buying silver and gold right now are putting their money into hard assets. Mm. They they're thinking, okay, so I've got money in the bank. Uh what if, what if the government closes the banks what if the government confiscates you know so much money like they did in was it sicily you know or uh, cyprus anyway they went in you know took 40 percent of your money if you had over two hundred fifty thousand euros sure and so you know i've heard talk about that happening in this country uh i don't know that it will uh but same time what are you gonna do about it i yeah. mean you know everything, everything else they've got they've got us so far divided that there's no strength in numbers i mean you know so the government can pretty well, as long as they're picking on you one at a time, can pretty well do what they want to do. That is true. That is true. I'm just ready for that roaring 20s to come crashing down on us again. Because like you said, if I mean, if, if you have a paper certificate saying that you own silver, but 100 people have that same certificate, certificate and own that same amount, then, I mean, do you really have that silver? Because it's really valued at nothing as soon as someone goes in, cashes it out, and now you don't have that silver uh, to you. I, I just see a reset in that if that's the way we're going. Yeah. Got ba- I got a banker I do some business with, and he keeps talking about the government's going to do a reset on the currency. And so, you know, God, I can't, you know, I can't find anybody, can't find anybody that can explain it to me to tell me, okay, this is what the, they, the probably happened, and this is what's going to, you know, because I talked to a guy, talked to the banker, and so he was talking twenty percent, you know, so if you have a hundred dollar bill, you've got eighty dollars, right? And I said, okay, and I said, but what about wages? Well, they're going to cut your wages by the same percentage. And and everything else, and I said, well, what about your house payment? Oh no, your house payment's going to stay the same. Oh, of course it is. So, yeah. and I'm sitting there going, well, the banks can't afford to cut, cut, just lose so much money on a house. And he said, yeah, but I said, well, but if you think about it, technically, if the bank owns the house, who owns the bank? The government. Yeah. So technically, you've got all these hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants, which Biden I just come out the other day and I think he's going to put an amnesty program out and just give them all free amnesty sure. rather than give, not? give them all this money, whatever, whatever he's thinking. <laughs> and, but, you know, I said, well, you know, if you lose your house to the bank and the government takes the house from the bank and pays the bank, then they have your house. And if you've got a four bedroom house, they could put four illegal fa- or four illegal families in your house and charge them rent and make money. And they become the realtor of the, of the world. Yeah. And somebody goes, you're crazy. And then they think about it, and all of a sudden I went from being crazy to pretty damn smart. So, I mean, there's all these different theories out there. 
Well, it's sad and it's scary, the fact that we it have is. to deal with all this stuff. But you're right. But again, we got to take a break here in a second, too. But with all of this, it really comes down to the fact that silver is still undervalued right now. Absolutely. That the uh, the quantity of it is beginning harder and harder to be accessible yes. for everybody. So if this is something, whether it's a, a preparation for whatever could happen, whether it's an investment, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a... You know, whatever the purpose you may want to get it for, now's the time to do it because it's only going to last like this for so long. Yeah. I mean, right now we're trying to carry 28,000 ounces in stock, and everybody goes, 28,000 ounces. I can see selling out of 28,000 ounces in a, day in or a two. week. In a in week. A week yeah. Absolutely. Because I sold 10,000 here not too long ago. I sold 10,000 10, ounces in the store, and by Friday, we didn't, we couldn't fill a 10, 10 ounce order we sold that much silver wow and by saturday morning i had 21 21,000 ounces of silver on order so i sold my 10 in my shop plus another 11 in one week so to, to do 28,000 in a week or 35,000 in a week is not uncommon not not out of question at all because we were picking in the last two years we've just picked up so many new customers right that's amazing that's insane yeah. We got to take a break here. Uh, Phil Martinez, Phil's Coins, ninety three forty four West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity. Go and check them out. You guys are opening up in about ten minutes now until two thirty this afternoon. So we'll get you on your way here in a, just a little bit. But first, uh, I want to kick it off because this is our last weekend to get you registered. Call now to get registered to win one of 10 Coach Purses and KQAM's Pick Your Purse Contest. Be caller number three right now at 316-721-8255 or 316-721-TALK. You can also register at any one of Jewelry Savers locations, eGraphics, and Athena Jewelry. Then February 12th, we'll meet at Jewelry Savers and you can pick your purse from the Big Talker, 1480 AM and 102.5 FM, KQAM. There it is. Give me a call right now. 316-721-8255. We'll take caller number three. We'll get you registered for your purse, uh, potential to win a purse, coach purse, uh, with Valentine's Day or Valentine's weekend, at least next weekend. You can also swing by any of our participating sponsors for a couple of days left at Jewelry Savers, eGraphics, and Athena Jewelry. You can also get registered a a couple more days going into next week as well. So right now, 316-721-8255. We'll get you registered for that coach purse right here with KQAM and Kansas Talk. quite appropriate to play some Metallica to wake you up at, you know, 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Why the heck not? Welcome into the show. Thanks for hanging out with us today on Kansas Talk here on the Big Talker, KQAM. Andrew Weens, Wichita Area Chamber of Commerce. He'll be hanging out here in just a few minutes. Right now we're hanging out with Phil Martinez of Phil's Coins at 9344 West Central Avenue. So I was actually listening to another uh, a podcast on the way down this morning. Uh, getting ready for the show. And I heard something very interesting that we talk a lot about silver and how silver obviously is being used for a lot of things because it's a great conductor of electricity. Yeah. It flows through, so we use it for the you know the solar panels down. We use it for the cell phones. We use yeah. it for computers. We use it for everything uh, right now. But I heard that gold is actually even a better electrical conductor 
is what is that true it's true that is true i did not know about gold i knew about silver because we talk about it quite a bit and how they use it in everything but i was not aware that gold was even a better conductor of electricity than silver it is but look at the price of silver versus the price yeah. of the price i'd rather buy 22 dollars an ounce rather than 1800 yeah an ounce. absolutely yes. that's why they don't use gold interesting except for maybe some of the hardier things because maybe it's better quality so they yeah, just I mean, use it for we, maybe government stuff as opposed to those peons Boeing, down here. Boeing had some parts. They had this little gyro thing, and they put it in there, and they'd spin it all around, and they sprayed it with 24-karat gold, yeah. and it was using electronics of one of the planes that Boeing put out. Mm. And so one day this guy said he used to see this thing run, and he's at the Boeing scrapyard, I guess, and he saw the machine sitting over in the corner. So he went over and bought it for like $35, uh-huh. took it home, took the blast plastic tub off of it cracked it open and then scraped all the gold out brought it into me the true story actually brought it into me in this bag and i said he says it's nasty looking he goes this is gold and i said you're crazy and i picked up the bag and it was heavy and so we sent it off to the smelt and got him about six hundred dollars wow so something he bought for 30 bucks but actually used pure gold and sprayed all these things and it just gyroed around in a little deal and this little gun sprayed it and then they take take them out and then put another part in there Interesting. And so they coated everything with gold, but it was something to do with electronics of the planes to conduct electricity and something for the electronics. That's interesting. So so gold so is actually better. It's just way more expensive. It's just way more expensive. Yeah. So they're only using it. I, I'm assuming they're using it for maybe the, you know, spaceships kind of thing to where, you know what, we're going to use a better conductor, spend the extra money to make sure it's done right, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. That'd be something to ponder. I don't know. Be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be very interesting. Very, uh, very sure. But you know, God, look at everybody stealing cars for catalytic converters. If they use gold in all the electronics, everybody <laughs> stealing their cars and melt, taking all the chips out. Oh, we got people stealing copper wire all over the place. for crying out loud. Imagine if we started coating everything with gold. Oh, look out! Good golly. Uh, yeah. So, real quick, we got just a couple minutes left here. But with such a high demand for silver because of the price, do you still get that type of demand or interest? When it comes to gold as well, or is that uh, not quite as high of a demand? We're selling lots of gold. Really? I mean, I'm, you know, it's, it's you know, some days we sell as much as eighty ounces. Hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know that there's eighty ounces of gold in, in, in all the coin shops in Kansas put together, let alone us. But, but uh, yeah, Interesting. I mean, we went through twenty three, thirty three. Went through almost forty ounces of gold yesterday. Wow. So, I mean, what type of just like the gold rounds, just regular gold? Uh, these were whatever. Gold, most of them were gold eagles. Gold eagles, okay. Some of them were gold eagles, some of them were gold maple leaves. Yeah, I need to start recollecting my silver rounds because I have, it's, I, I think I have a good couple rolls that you that I've gotten from you over the years, and I really got to start doing that again. You're like everybody else. I'm going up. I'm going up. I'm going up. I gotta I, do I tell, it. You know, you I gotta know, do well, it. I, you know, as soon as I get around to it, you know, around, you know, round to it never gets nowhere. You're just going. You know, sooner or later, you know. Just tell them, if you don't start today or some point, you're yeah. never going to start. i got people coming in. I've been putting this off for a year, and now I'm, I wish I'd have done this a year ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the advantage to this stuff is it's something you can put up, something you have for your grandkids. Uh, I had a guy buy $30,000 worth one time and put 10000 in three different boxes for his kids. And when he's gone, it's there. Yep. Government don't know they got it. They've got something they can sell for a little bit of cash when they need it. Definitely a perk. No no sales tax. Nobody knows they've got it but them and them and him and he's gone. That's so, what it's all about it, right there. It's crazy. Yeah. I like it. Real quickly, you got any ancient coins right now? I don't think so right now. No. Oh, no. Interesting. I had some widows mites the other day and I think I sold all of them. Interesting. There it is. Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. You guys are open up here in just a couple of minutes, so we'll get you on your way. 
We always appreciate the time, my friend. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Take care. Be safe. And all you people listening out there, God bless all of you. Every day, Phil. It's always good, my friend. We'll do it again here in a couple of weeks. Bottom of the hour break. When we come back, Andrew Weens, Wichita Area Chamber of Commerce. We'll talk with him what the latest is in the community, government relations, what they're doing with the state legislature, and a heck of a lot more right around the corner here on Candace Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM. with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Happy Saturday morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Lots to get to today. Holy cow. A lot of news going on. We have the Olympics that officially kicked off. Like we care. (laughs) We'll talk about that here in just a little bit. All the politics going on in, as we used to say it a couple years ago, China. We'll get to that. We have State Representative Leo Delperdang coming in studio here in about a half hour from now. Give a legislative update from Topeka on what's going on up there. It's been a crazy year already. So headline, and we'll tease this and talk about it a little bit later, but uh, Governor Laura Kelly vetoing the redistricting plan uh, in the state of Kansas. That's interesting. Yeah. We'll talk about why she did that. It's very evident why. I just think that's a really dumb move because I think it could be far worse for Democrats as they're already taking a hit. They're going to take more of a hit if it goes to court and if the judges and if the uh, the courts look at it as it did in the last time they sued and tried to take it to court. So good luck. I mean, if you want to shoot yourself in the foot more than all the power to you, we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But I want to shift gears a little bit and let's talk some things local and what you guys are working on. The la- I, I looked at it. The last time we had you in studio was June of last year, so wow. that was way too long. But yeah. Andrew Weens, Wichita Area Chamber of Commerce, what's going on, brother? How you oh, doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate it's, it. It's good to talk to you again. Happy New Year, apparently, since yeah. I haven't talked to you in like six months. I know, yeah. Happy Halloween, happy Thanksgiving, yeah. Merry Christmas, happy New Year. Yeah, I got to catch all the way up there. <laughs> got to catch all the way up there. But you guys have been staying busy, especially this time of year, haven't you? Yeah, no doubt. Um, just got a new president and CEO back in October of last year. Um, so John Rolfe started, I think, I think it was October 2021. Um, okay. So he's kind of up and going and firing on all cylinders now. And it's kind of been, been fun working with him. And then, yeah, legislative session obviously kicked off here not that long ago. Now, are you up in Topeka for that? Uh, a little bit. A little bit, okay. Yeah, obviously, I've got uh, I've got to stay on call with uh, my wife about to pop out our third kid. Yes, so. congrats. You got any time now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We Can were be. we were on uh, we were waiting tentatively of not having the show today. I know. Yeah, if I go sprinting <laughs> off towards the parking lot, you know what happens. That's all right. You know what? We'll just uh, we'll uh, we'll make it happen right here. That's yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> well, I don't know if she'd like that. You and I there were we very. Uh, we can figure it out. We'll We're figure very it out. innovative. That's right. Hey, yeah. you know what? Well, got the two minds are better than one. We could use. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we got lots of cords. We'll just, you know, yeah, right. we're good. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever we need to do. That's right. No, congratulations. That's fantastic. Yeah, number three, you. right? Yeah, number three. Yep. Yeah, but fantastic. I have I have been up to Topeka. To, back to your question, I have been up to Topeka a couple times and enjoyed working with our friends in the legislature, trying to get some stuff done. And you know, it's still early. A lot, sure. a lot out there. But yeah, we've already got one bill vetoed. Like you said, I think a couple bills signed related to like COVID. Uh, staffing issues at the hospitals, mm, sure. and kind of letting the hospitals and healthcare facilities hire um, maybe what they wouldn't be allowed to during normal times, I guess. So, sure. From what you've heard, <clears throat> being with the Chamber of Commerce here and kind of hearing about the just 
the rumors, the tweets throughout the community. How are we doing with COVID? I know the hospitals, they were concerned for a while, then we backed off, then we had the shortage with one of the hospitals letting some people go because of vaccine issues sort of thing. Now we're into less dangerous variants, so I don't think it's as serious now, and I think they said that they're optimistic about it kind of plateauing right now, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. That's what I've been hearing. Um, I believe we're going to, the Wichita Chamber is going to do a webinar in not that long with some of the hospitals talking about the current status and really providing some good information to businesses and our members about how do you get testing right now and, and where do you go to get that? How do you get your employees tested? Sure. That type of thing. So, but I do think, yeah, the, the outlook is improving. It's positive. And, you know, we know this is seasonal, right? It kind of comes in peaks and valleys. And hopefully we're, if not at the peak, we're on the downhill slope even. And sure. if not at the peak, hopefully we get there soon. But I think, I think at some point it's going to start tapering off. And, Obviously, workforce challenges remain. Supply chain challenges remain. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of headwinds right now. Inflation, not, you know. A lot of things going on. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you made because I want to touch, I uh, want to try and touch on a lot of those, especially with the supply chain in the workforce right now. I mean, jobs report for January came back better. We're almost back up to normal, which is good news, at least nationwide, but locally in the community. I know we've announced some new potential businesses coming into the area, things trying to get back on track, but are we doing better? And, and also, I mean, that includes, by the way, the, the waitresses and servers, the bartenders, yeah. you know, some of that stuff that's been struggling still. Yeah. Are we slowly getting back on track in the community? Good question. And I'd say my answer is going to be more anecdotal probably than based on, you know, here are the numbers. You, you obviously have looked at those. But I think, I mean, the businesses that we talk to and business owners and managers, they're still struggling. I mean, it's yeah. really hard to find people. And, you know, it's really hard to find people in general, but finding trained people who are already kind of ready to go for whatever job you're trying to have them do, that's even a whole another challenge. So, and you mentioned the mandates and, you know, those definitely did not help. A lot of uncertainty for businesses trying to figure out who's on yep. first with what rules they need to follow when and what regulations and when am I going to get fined and how. And exactly. It's, it's not a good environment. Um, it's not a good pro-business public policy environment, you know, right. and that has impacts on people's bottom lines and paychecks and what yep. people can take home, food they can put on the table. So we're hoping we can um, help with some of the state legislative changes and then um, at the federal level, and you're just trying to hold the line, basically. Just do what you can. Yeah. Exactly. Do what you can, yeah. Uh, one of the industries that was hit one of the hardest was, of course, the the uh, venues, entertainment venues. Luckily, concerts coming back. Yeah. I am really excited for my Slipknot concert. In a month oh, yeah. Now. I've been seeing that one advertised. Oh, man. I'm so excited for that one. That's uh, i got to get my tickets still yet, but I am I'm ready to go for that. But it sounds like venues starting to get back on track. They were ones that really got hit hard, and the money that was supposed to come in for that industry was really delayed. I mean, oh, we've yeah. talked to, yep. you know, hearing the stories about the Wave and the Cotillion and some of these guys that just didn't get the money in to yeah. get business back up and going. Yep. And they had to work really hard. Um, really really hard to get that money in the first place included in some of those stimulus bills yeah and then once it was it was yeah just months upon months of i don't know if it was rulemaking and you know getting the money out i don't know what the issue i mean you know, federal bureaucracy yeah, yeah exactly um and so you, you felt really bad for those guys but yeah it is it is good that they're opening back up we're having concerts i think um my wife and i have been to a couple of concerts and a comedy show here in the last few months it's very just, nice which is awesome yeah get the economy moving did you go again. to the joe rogan uh i did actually you did i was dying to go to that how yeah, was it it was it was fun um i also went to nate bargazzi at uh, the orpheum a okay weeks ago so All right. i guess yeah like two comedy shows and a couple of concerts so good yeah it's been a blast almost feels like normal again yeah it does. Um, and, and, you know, obviously I think that's one thing we've got to realize. And e even folks, you know, like governor's office is starting to say this. It's moving from pandemic to endemic. 
Yeah. Which means we're going to have it around. And you got to figure out how to deal with it, right? That's, I mean, that's a simple way of saying it. I think that's what most people want to do. I mean, the latest poll shows 75% of Americans just want to accept the fact that COVID's going to be around and we just have to learn to live with it and get back to normal. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. And, and obviously there's going to be, you know, some seasonal stuff, but that's the same, same way with other illnesses too. So you got to figure out how to manage and how to deal. And I think removing mandates would certainly help, you know, if those federal government mandates end up going away, and I know there's been some positive news on that front lately with the OSHA mandate yes. and the rule being withdrawn, the emergency temporary standard being withdrawn, but then you still have the health care one that's being put into place, and then you're looking at federal contractors and federal employees, which I think both of those are still stayed in court. But taking, taking off some of those things so that businesses can make the choices they need to make to protect their customers and also be able to do business, you know? Sure. So that's the next question. I mean, now, since you guys do work with local business in the area here, what's the what's the word on the street that you've heard from a lot of the businesses on making their own choices? Are they still trying to implement vaccine stuff? Are they trying to implement masks or testing? I mean, what are they doing right now? I would say it depends greatly, you know, based on the business and upon the industry. But I think a lot of them are just trying to, you know, make it work. So I, I haven't heard of too many businesses that are implementing their own mandates, you know, absent the federal government telling them they have to. Sure. Um, and I will say, you know, businesses are in a between a rock and a hard place. If the federal government's telling them you have to and the state's telling them you can't and they're like, you know, hey, just what do I do stay here? out yeah. of my yeah, stay out of my business, please. And so that's what we've tried to encourage our our leaders is let businesses make the choices that are best for them. And while, you know, you can you can certainly make the argument that uh, in some industries it might make sense to have a mask or vaccine mandate or what have you. The risk you take by doing that is you have employees say, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. And so businesses should be allowed to make those choices. And, you know, if it comes back to bite you, maybe you've made the wrong choice. Yeah. Uh, and, I th- and, again, it, it depends on the industry, how customer-facing you are, whether people are requiring masks. But when I go out and, you know, go to restaurants and kind of get out in the community – it seems like there's less of the, those requirements right now. Right. And I haven't heard a whole lot from our members about, you know, we're really struggling to implement this. I think the main difficulty was when they were forced to. Exactly. And again, some businesses have made the choice to do it regardless. Um, yeah, but now you get the private sector that can decide their fate, whether the, exactly. the workers actually say, okay, I'm okay with it, or no, I'm leaving. Yep. Or even the consumer saying, I'm not going to support you or will support you based Correct. on your yeah. decision. Yeah, so. that's a whole other. Let the private sector figure it out. Amen. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well said. That's kind of our, our position as well. Yeah. It, it, and it's been tough, but you're right. I mean, when they were stuck between that rock and the hard place, the big issue, and I don't know how much you track it or if you paid attention to much of it, but with a lot of the long-term care facilities and the nursing oh, yeah. homes with, yes. you know, obviously with the vaccine mandates for those workers and losing potentially Medicare, Medicaid funding, oh, yeah. that could devastate them as well. And they're stuck between that. Uh, yeah. So true. I think you hit the nail on the head. It is a huge problem for long-term care for nursing homes. We're actually working with some of our members, including not only nursing homes, long-term care facilities, but also some educational institutions to try to figure out how to reduce barriers to getting more CNAs. Mm. And I think one barrier that you're seeing with CNAs is, you know, a federal mandate and saying, well, if you want to become a CNA and get a job at one of these facilities, you have to get vaccinated. And some people are like, oh, that's fine. I'll do that. And some people are saying, oh, I'll find another industry. Sure. So that's one barrier. But another barrier is the fact that it's very difficult to hire trainers and instructors for CNAs. Um, Right now, you have to be a registered nurse and have a certain level of experience to sit for competency evaluations and all this stuff. And typically, they're probably making more money, you know, doing other things in the field. So we are going to introduce some legislation next week to try to reduce those barriers and let other folks, LPNs included, uh, be CNA instructors. It's very difficult for nursing homes to find any staff, but 
you know, if your grandma and grandpa are in a nursing home, long-term care facility right now, I think you'd much rather have someone who's been trained by someone who has a higher level of training <laughs> to help them out than have, you know, nobody. Right. It's like, yeah, the front office person is having to go make the rounds and help people with daily activities, and that's a problem. That's scary. Yeah, it is. That is very scary. Yeah. yeah. Let's take a break here. We're talking with Andrew Weens, Wichita Area Chamber of Commerce. So when we come back, let's talk about some of the legislation you guys have been working on in Topeka for the legislative session and uh, kind of the outlook for that going into the new year, plus uh, a outlook on what this summer could look like now that we are almost kind of sort of getting yeah. back to normal. So we'll talk about that when we come back here. Your phone calls as well. We'd love to hear from you. 316-721-8255. It's Gandis Talk right here on the Big Talker. KQAM. Welcome back in. By the way, we will get another one or two individuals registered for your purse giveaway. Your wife would like a coach purse, wouldn't she? Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Giving away 10 coach purses for Valentine's Day. So, ladies, you can call in. Also, guys, if you're looking for a last-minute gift for your special someone, get registered for that coach purse giveaway. Well, uh, For those, here's the way it's going to work. We've got a lot of people registered over the last few weeks. We'll do one or two more today. We'll do a couple more early next week. Then those that will be winning will be getting a phone call, and we'll let you know. You show up to Jewelry Savers on Saturday next week, and then you can pick out one of those 10 coach purses. That'll be super awesome. So I think that's a great Valentine's gift. Heck, yeah. Oh, yeah, it would be. Yeah. So Keep babies and coach purses. I don't know. <laughs> You know, it's a great way to carry them around. Yeah, yeah brand new right. newborns. Yeah, nice and nice and comfy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, riding in luxury. Riding style. That's right. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I love it. Andrew Wayne's Wichita Area Chamber of Commerce here. Uh, let's talk about uh, you being with the government relations. Yeah. And working with the legislature. Yes. What have specifically have you guys been working on with the legislature? What bills have you been involved with? And uh, how's yeah. the outlook this year? Yeah, good question. So one of the bills we've been working on the last five or six years, actually before I started, I started three years ago at the Wichita Chamber, and we've been working on aviation jobs tax credit, Mm. trying to incentivize um, aviation companies uh, to hire more workers. Really, it's it's less about incentivizing the companies. It's more about incentivizing the workers to go get a job with an aviation company. Obviously, it's a huge industry cluster in Wichita, South Central Kansas, in in our state. And so we're, we're trying to... Help those folks get the right training um, and education that they need to go get a great job in the in the industry. Other states have similar programs, and they've been bleeding fewer jobs in the aviation industry than we have. Sure. And the last couple of years have been tough with 737 MAX situation um, and some of the other headwinds in the industry. But We're I almost think, back to normal there, aren't we? Yeah. Ish? Yeah. I think I actually saw an article the other day that said Spirit Aerosystems, which, of course, there's a lot of aviation companies here. They're... One of the big ones, mm-hmm. um, they, I think, are within maybe a few hundred, a thousand jobs of, of recalling all the layoffs that they made the last couple of years with wow. 737 MAX sure. production suspension. So that's great news for Wichita. And hopefully, yeah, by the end of the year, the outlook is strong, it's, it sounds like, for them to recall all those folks. And so that would be fantastic if they haven't already made those offers. So Very good. Yeah. Very yeah, good. It's positive. So aviation, industry, or aviation jobs tax credit is one of them. Um, it was not necessarily on our radar per se before session, but now very much is. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about the Apex Mega Project bill that they're working on in Topeka. Yes. Yeah, it's a big economic development incentive. And full disclosure, whether your uh, listeners love these things or not, the Wichita Chamber likes likes our economic development incentives, as you might expect, trying to 
incentivize new jobs and capital expenditures in our region. And so uh, the Kansas Department of Commerce apparently is a finalist, one of a couple states, supposedly, that is in the running to land a, a mega project. Don't know the company, don't know the industry, but um, the, supposedly it's 4,000 jobs, 3 million plus square foot of manufacturing space, which is just huge when you think about the, the facility for that, um, and $4 billion in capital expenditures w- wow. if we land this this company. So, it's just weird we don't know anything about it. Like, we're going to pass it to figure out the business? Like, I, I don't understand how this process works. Yeah, yeah, good question. And I will say I'm not an economic development professional. Our, our friends at the Greater Wichita Partnership handle that for our region. Uh, but I, I think it's fairly common practice in the industry when you're trying to attract companies to your state that you have to have NDAs, non-disclosure agreements. And the company doesn't want the information getting out that they're considering it, you know, whether that you know, impacts their stock prices or maybe even convinces the company, hey, these folks I'm talking to can't keep a secret, and so I'm going to go, I'm gonna go <laughs> elsewhere. Right. But I think, it's, I think it's fairly common practice. Now, this is such a huge thing that I understand there's more eyeballs on it. People are like, why wouldn't we know? You know, this is out there. And, yeah. And so I, I get it, but it's also... I mean, I, I get Amazon's taking over everything, but, uh, you know, <laughs> just trying to figure it. out who's... Yeah, exactly. Who's, who's really behind the works on yeah, this yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good question, and I, and I really don't know. I know, you know, Amazon does have a big new facility in Park City that was announced in the last year or two, and yeah. they're up and running there. They've also got kind of a smaller one in Wichita, out on, I think, Tobin Street. So, I don't, yeah, I don't know exactly what it will be, but... Um, it it's huge, and you know we're trying to support the Apex Bill. I think it's attracting powerful economic expansion is what Apex is what they're going for with that. So it's always the fun acronyms. Yeah, the yeah. X the X for expansion. You, you can kind of make mm. it work. Yeah, <laughs> it's a play. Yeah, yeah. I like that. All yeah. right. So All right. so it's passed out of the Senate, and the House Commerce Committee is going to work it on Monday, and so we're hopeful to try to get that thing across the line, and really. What I will say, after talking with our friends of the Greater Wichita Partnership, who do economic development, they've had a lot more interest and in potential prospects on for mega projects the last couple of years. Sure, they've actually got three in the hopper right now: two manufacturing and one da- data center. So, will we land all three of those? You know, very unlikely. Could we land one of them? Possibly. And would it be easier, more likely, if we had the Apex Bill? I think. I think the answer is yes on that. And, and frankly, like, I would love it if we didn't have to do these things, like didn't have to pass these massive incentive bills and spend, you know, our state treasure to lure companies here and grow jobs and all that. Right. Unfortunately, every state's doing it. It's kind of an arms race. And, you know, until everyone lays down their arms, it's kind of like we have to be able to compete. We want to win some of these. And other states, you know, Austin got Tesla um, in the last couple of years. I think Columbus, Ohio got Intel, you know, $20 billion projects. And it's $4 billion. It would be you know, the biggest economic development win we've had, essentially. So That would be uh, a big one. Yeah. yeah. But you're be. right. I mean, even when we see the, the, the whatever, the employee, the jobs war that goes on right in that Kansas City area with the border there, it's uh, always working on these incentives to try and create incentives. I mean, being the private sector kind of guy I am, you know, it's if we just lower taxes, limit the regulation, it would just come naturally. Yeah. But right now we raise up the bar and then we give the incentives to specific people yeah. to come here and actually do this. Well, and I think the legislature is looking at that. I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, I think they have a corporate income tax cut included in the current apex bill. And the thought there, um, I think from Senate Commerce Chair Renee Erickson was, hey, if we're going to be offering this incentive to one company, which will also bring in multiple you know, large supply companies, hopefully, right. including, you know, potentially to our region, um, you know, 
if we're offering that incentive to those folks, then let's do something for our existing businesses. So they put in a corporate income tax cut as well. And I think the House is going to make it so that the corporate income tax in Kansas, which I think is 7% after the base rate plus the surcharge, 7% is the top corporate income tax rate, it would be a half percent um, or a half a point ratchet down every time we land a mega project is what they're considering adding onto the bill. Interesting. Um, so I, I think that'll go on on Monday in committee. We're supportive of that. We think it makes some sense to help our existing businesses as well. So it's also, if you don't have this, we're, we're just not going to land the project. So, right. um, you know, people talk about the fiscal note, how much it's going to cost to lure them here. But, you know, the, the problem you would have is too many mega projects, you know, come in and take that. I mean, that's oh, not, darn. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not, not really a huge problem. Oh, in my darn. Mind. Bringing more people in, creating more exactly. jobs, creating more wealth. And yeah. I mean, it's just going to be a full circle. Yeah. And we need to grow. And I will say the border war thing is a, is a situation and they've laid down their arms. They've got this agreement with Missouri right now that you can't do border hopping with those counties on either side <laughs> of the line up there. But you know, if see how long that lasts. Yeah, exactly. But, but I don't think this is one of those situations. It's luring a company from elsewhere or, you know, brand new growth for that company. So that's, that's sure. on the list as well. Very um, good. Yeah, we've got a few other things. Work-based learning liability protection. We want to make it so that high school students have the opportunity to go to an employer, a job site, away Ooh. from their high school yeah. and learn how to, you know, swing a hammer or, or what have you. So trying to work on that as well. That's cool. That would be a good one. Actually getting the kids involved moving forward. Yeah, so they wow. figure out what to do with their lives. Look at that. I like it. We're out of time, my friend. I could talk to you forever. we got a lot of good stuff going on. So it sounds like we're optimistic about this year. Yeah. So that's Amen. awesome. Yeah, let's get her done, and then we'll, we'll talk again before next June. Or something. Yes, right. we will get you back in before <laughs> the next six to eight months again. So Andrew Weins yeah. with Shaw Chamber of Commerce. First off, congratulations on the little one again. Thanks, Tell Andy. the family we said hi. That's awesome. We'll get you back on again soon. All right. Appreciate it. Have a good one, man. Always a pleasure. Our number two right around the corner, State Representative Leo Delperdang. He'll be joining us in studio to give us his legislative update as we can continue on if I can speak this morning on a Saturday morning on Candace Talk. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Well, I got to say, the show's flying right on by today. Holy cow. Welcome into the show. It is hour number two of Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. Making it happen on a Saturday morning, trying to get you up and moving for the day. That's what it's all about. We appreciate you hanging out with us today. 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, I would love to hear from you as well. We have... A lot of things to cover this hour. We'll talk about some national things in a little bit. Maybe we'll just hold Leo over for the whole hour and just talk about some federal stuff, too. Maybe, you know, talk about, like, the Olympics and Joe Rogan and stuff. Have some fun there. If you want to call in, you're more than welcome to do so. All of it presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity. Make sure to check them out at philscoins.com. They're open right now until 2.30 this afternoon. We had Phil Martinez on the show the first part of the last hour. We'll get him back on here in a couple of weeks again. Thanks again to Andrew Weens coming on the program from the Wichita Area Chamber of Commerce. Always great to chat with him, and he's got a lot of great info. We'll get him back on uh, more frequently than what we did from like last June till now. So we'll get him on in a couple of months to get another update going into the spring and summertime here in the city of Wichita. But the man himself in studio now to kick off this hour as uh, we get him in semi-frequently as well. And now with a legislative update, 
a lot of stuff. Man, I tell you what, the, the super busy going into this year's 2022 legislative session, but State Representative Leo Delperdang. Leo, what's going on, sir? Hey, it's always good to see you, Andy. Yeah, uh, happy Saturday. Haven't been on your show in a few months here. A so. few months, yeah. Now that we're officially up and running for the legislative session, you guys have been busy, and it's been fun to watch. We had a lot of news to talk about. I mean, Kelly just came out a couple days ago and vetoed the redistricting plan, so that was fun. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and... We'll we'll dive into that in a little bit here then. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. I do find it ironic, though, just in general, the governor that says she doesn't like to veto things has vetoed more bills than like any governor in like the last 20 or 30 years. I don't years. have the running total, but she's she she did, what, eight last year, I believe? Yeah. And she's off and running again this year. Off and running right off the bat, right away, yeah. just boom. It's almost like Joe Biden's executive order count. Like, we just lose count after a while. There There's, you, you know what? We're just going to do things on our own. Yeah, yeah there you go. It's kind of the way to get so. to. Uh, but first off, the first couple of weeks, how have things been? A little bit better with COVID? I mean, are you guys still walking around with masks and crap? up there oh you, you see mass but it's more individual choice going on okay that's both for the legislator and people coming and going in the building you see it both ways up there so it, the rules have loosened up a little bit good we have had a, quite a few out this year with the covid mm-hmm. but it seems like it's a much milder case um people have been gone for you know a couple of days here and there or a week here and there but then they're all popping back at us so. sure yeah i mean that very scary omicron that gives you the sniffles yeah. Yeah, really bad. And it's, I'm pretty confident I had it about a month ago, too, and I had my fever for a day or two, and I, I had a cold, and then sprung back, and life goes on. See, that's the thing. I don't know. I, I got kind of ill for a couple of days. It was a cold. Yeah. I mean, it's, I say sick as in, like, my throat got kind of raw for a couple of days, and I right. coughed and for a couple of days. I didn't know if I was going to die from COVID or if I was just going to be sick with the cold for a couple of days. So yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure. Same toe. At least speaking for myself, I took the responsible part, and I stayed away from people for, yeah. you know, it Till I was absolutely feeling better and gave it some time to work its way through. Do the commonsensical kind of thing. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So very good. Well, I'm glad things are kicking off nicely. Last week was Kansas week, so that was fun. Uh, and I, I have to admit, I didn't even see in the media this year the governor's state of the state address. No one really reported a whole lot on it. It was kind of a slower, I guess. I don't know, but she talked about what she wanted to do. But it wasn't in the media. I didn't even know what happened until after it happened. It was kind of an odd start to the year. Yeah, it really was. I mean, and I don't think we had the crowds there at the state house like normal either. Mm. I mean, it kind of kind of came and went, and we're all kind of hoping maybe that was her final state of the state. Well, I think she realizes that. Yeah, she's down in the polls pretty dramatically, and now she's just when you take on Republican talking points to campaign, then you know something's yeah. wrong. And we're seeing more and more <laughs> of that out of this governor. Yeah, suddenly where we're in the campaign season or going into it. Um, we're getting a little bit more moderate on things that we were off on the far left earlier, and maybe we're throwing in some Republican comments here and there. But, yeah. you know, it, she's already proven what she's like, um, and, and it, it's time to move on. Yeah, let's start off with some of those. I mean, obviously now her big thing is she's, you know, stalking people in the grocery stores, walking around with the axe, you know, wanting to axe the tax on the groceries. And she, the, the headline last week was that she was upset that, it wasn't passed and sent to her desk by Kansas Day because every day that people have to spend 6.5% on sales tax on food is another day they're paying way too much money because now it's a really, really, really important issue to her, and she wanted it signed by Kansas Day, which obviously wasn't going to happen because you guys work on that with the budget and everything else, so it was going to take some time. But why is it that big push now when she campaigned on it the first time, Mm. Then she vetoed it when she was in office, right. and now it's a really important issue. And why Republicans aren't you just doing this faster? Yeah, and, and let me let me set the record straight on something. And I've got documents to back this up. November fifth, 
the legislature all got a letter from Attorney General Derek Schmidt, who is also running for governor. Yes. And that letter was urging us to consider making some legislation to reduce or eliminate food taxes, November 5th. It was November 9th that the governor put out an, a press release talking about, let's ax the food tax. <laughs> it's my idea. Well, why is it her idea came out a week after the attorney general put it out to us? Interesting. You know, I, and again, I don't, if it's good for Kansas, I don't take care who's taking the credit for it, but why are you doing this over and over and over? Yeah. And like you said, it was vetoed last year. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this name on your show, but the previous representative by the name of John Whitmer, mm. uh, who's com- competition to you, I understand. Yes, that's but okay. I, I remember years up there when he was in the legislature that he brought amendments or bills a minimum of a dozen times in one year to either reduce or eliminate food tax. And each time they were shot down and debated against by every Democrat out there. Including her. Including her. Yeah. So if you really want this, why didn't we pass some of these things through? Because they were some really good legislation at the time. Why did we not pass those? Why did we veto some of the ones that did pass the House and Senate a year ago? Right. Yeah. Or years ago. I mean, we've had years of trying to get rid of this, even just 1% lowering it, just making it yeah. less. I yeah. mean, and it hasn't worked and Democrats have stopped it the whole time. So you're right now it's, oh, this is the biggest issue. The other issue that kind of surprised me was when she came out and went against the vaccine mandates at the federal level through OSHA. And yeah. she said, no, just let the states decide their own thing. Again, that's completely opposite of how she handled the pandemic for the entire year prior to that. Yeah. And if she really felt that wide way all along, why did we have to sign petitions to go up and have a special session on November 2nd to officially address those issues and to stop some of the tyranny that was going on up there with the the emergency orders and the dictatorship that we were seeing? Yeah, the hypocrisy's fun. Most people are catching on to it. And I know that we have a short memory span in politics, but I don't think it's been so frequent. She hasn't played her cards properly here, and I think most people are seeing this. Yeah, but she, she's got a really good press release team. I mean, they are oh, putting sure. out press releases every yeah, single day. Yeah, I see her I see walking around the grocery store with the axe and doing the big speeches and stalking people in the grocery stores while they're trying to buy, you know, lemonade and ice cream and yeah. like walking around with them. What are you buying? We're going to cut the tax yeah. on that, you know. Like, I'm, come I'm, on, I'm glad you're seeing her at the grocery store because we sure don't see her walking around the state. <laughs> She's so. scared of you guys and she, she doesn't want to be close to COVID, but she'll walk around the grocery store with people. Right. Yeah, but, with but people kids, need to know smearing she, snot all over. Yeah, yeah. she is, is next to impossible to access at the state house, and that I don't care if you run the state or if you're running a business, the top executives need to be accessible in order to run it properly. Man, it's what a mess! What a mess! Well, I know you're on a lot of different committees. What are you working on? One of the things that uh, has happened, I'm excited because I love being able to display things we like to display mm-hmm. uh there's some new license plates out and uh, multiple ones i know that you're working on a veterans one i the kansas state rifle association we've had now the gats yeah. and flag that's out now available as well mm-hmm. but you've been working on a cool one too well we i'm what i'm dealing with right now uh, last year we passed house bill 2166 and i've had some people reach out to me on this and it was specifically for military service license plates. Okay. Okay. Not veterans tags, but rather I'm with the Army, I'm with the Air Force, you know, is specific to that. They passed, uh, and as you know, I'm the vice chairman of transportation, so that came through our committee. We got it passed. 
there was no issues with this, but I've been hearing from some individuals who are current members of the armed forces stationed here at McConnell Air Force Base, but they may not be, quote, a citizen of Kansas, but they are stationed at McConnell Air Force Bases. So the TAG office apparently has been saying, no, per the bill, you have to be a Kansas resident in order to get this military TAG. Mm. Well, that was not the intent of the bill. So I went back to our reviser attorneys and, and just to verify why are they being denied a military tag on their vehicle if they are a current military person. Sure. And that's why I just wanted to get this out. If, if anybody out there listening incurs this kind of an issue, I'm just going to read a few sentences back from my, our attorney up there. Sure. And it's under Kansas Statute 1-1, 141. And it says, in addition to any residency requirements for all distinctive license plates, any person not a resident of Kansas serving as a member of the armed forces stationed in the state shall be eligible to apply for any distinctive license plate if the individual was a resident of this state, or as if this person was a resident of the state. Such person shall be eligible to renew the distinctive plates uh, and registration as long as the person is still stationed in the state at the time the registration is, new, is renewed. So what that's really saying is if you are going after a military tag and you are currently in the military, even if you have a residency of another state, you are considered a resident of Kansas for the tag. Mm. So if the tag office turns you away, again, it's, it's Kansas statute 1-8-1, 141, and they need to know about that. Yeah. And it was put in place back in 2014 for other distinctive plates. So. Um, and it is referenced in the statute that we put forward. So Very good. Appreciate you letting me get that out. There. Yeah, no, that's important. I mean, it, obviously, if people want to get that license plate, they should know how to get it if they're getting denied. That's just weird that we would deny someone like that. That's strange. Yeah. And and I understand where the tag offs come from if they're not a resident. And the bill did say a resident thereof. Right. But it also referenced the other previous statute. Yeah. So. Interesting. Very good. Let's take a break here real quick. 18 minutes past the hour talking with Leo Delperdang, state representative here in the Wichita area. But before we do, let's go ahead and get someone else registered for our great giveaway here on KQAM. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. We got another individual registered for our purse giveaway. Don't worry. We're going to do one more before the end of the show today. Since it is our last time with you and I to do this before next weekend when you guys will be on location picking out your purse. So we'll do one more giveaway here before the end of the program. Stay tuned in for that one. Right now we're hanging out with Leo Delperdang, state representative from the Wichita area, just north of us here at the studio. Not too bad. So uh, we have, let's talk about real quick the Apex issue. We talked about that with Andrew Weens okay. with the Wichita Chamber of Commerce. And uh, the it, again, I understand it. It's just so weird why we would do such a crazy business incentive. We would do all these incentives for the business to come, which is good. Okay, fine. We're bringing business in, but we don't know the business. Like, right. are we going to be building airplanes or are we going to be building golf balls? Like, I have no clue what we're doing here. There you go. Yeah. And I, 
I wish we had the time to actually dive into and go through the bill itself. Yeah. People keep talking about this big, mysterious company out there. Right. Okay. But there's actually a bill. It's Senate Bill 347. So people can look it up. Yeah. Yeah. And and you can look it up on kslegislature.org. And over on the left, it says fine bill and just put in 347 and it'll come up. Okay. It's a generic bill not geared toward one specific company. Mm. Um, it gets into it, apex, a, attracting powerful economic expansion, but it simply ensures that it, it, in the bill, it open to any company who wants to make an, a minimum investment of a billion dollars over a five-year period, and it gets into tax incentives and stuff for doing that. Um, but it's not geared toward one company. So you look at the Cargills of the world, the Textrons, the Spirits, I think they could fall into some of these if they're willing to invest them kind of dollars in Kansas moving forward. Sure. <clears throat> so, again, everybody's talking about this mystery company, and I personally have not signed the non-disclosure, so I do not know who it is. Okay. Uh, there are several of us kind of speculating on it. What's the speculation uh, right now? My opinion, I'm speculating maybe chip manufacturing. I've heard Tesla pop up several like times. Like computer but, chips. Yeah. Not like potato chips. We have got to get the, the computer chip manufacturing back mm-hmm. to the states. You just Think about this. If something happened, you know, we're, we're dealing with Russia and we're dealing with China and stuff. If something happened where we got into a conflict with them, yeah, it would be so easy to cause failures across the electric networks, through the communications networks, et cetera, and how do you repair those? The parts come from Taiwan and China and these yeah, places exactly, that yeah. would essentially be the ones you could be in conflict with. So how do you get the parts to fix this stuff? It'd be an easy way to bring a country to their knees. Yeah, that is very true. We need to become electronically independent, and I don't think we ever have been, have we? No, and I, yeah. I'm going to say we're all at fault for that. It's easy to point the figures at why did the outsource this or that. Well, the reason things got outsourced to other companies or other countries is because we, the people, wanted to buy it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Right. And therefore, a lot of it went over manufacturing in China and so forth because it was less expensive. Sure. Well, now we're feeling some of the the pinch because of that. Yeah, that makes sense. That would be really cool. I would love to see something like that being built. Yeah, right now it's an inconvenience to us. Gee, you can't go out and look at 100 new cars on a lot and pick (laughs) out a new car. But what happens if an, an enemy of the country would take out the electric grid yeah would take out the communications network that's no longer just an inconvenience you know we're talking lives at stake there it's a whole other level that really goes into my philosophy of i just want to live off the grid well that's another (laughs) can we just do that we just go back to living off the grid yep you know yeah one of these days one of these days but that would be interesting so uh the bill and as andrew said that there's also Corporate income tax breaks and incentives, not just for whatever company's coming in, but really just generally in the state as well as an incentive to create more of this, isn't there? Yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah, good. So the thing that's really got me kind of intrigued is I'm holding in my hands a media release from the governor, Mm -hmm. and it talks about uh, the guidelines for ensuring uh, or stepping up and taking advantage of this. I was looking for it right here. There it is. Um, where she goes, I'm surprised on, she went. On, she she's yeah, okay with she's going on to where tax. she is all in favor of this now. And Lieutenant Governor David Tolan, this is the it's looking at the largest private sector opportunity of Kansas history, and here's what we've got to do to win it. And it goes on and on and on. So I'm I'm curious 
That's another one. Almost like the the, the yeah. grocery uh, sales tax, they fought lowering corporate income taxes right. because, well, we don't want evil, evil corporations getting tax breaks and so on and so forth, but now they're okay with it. Right, and that's what's got the red flag up to me from the governor's office anyway. Yeah. You know, they're going to push the Republicans to vote on it, and then they can turn around and say, well, gee, the Republicans gave all these tax incentives <laughs> to these companies coming in. You know? That's interesting. But so, it's election year. She wants to get reelected and play to the Republican base. Yeah. But it's just kind of eerie seeing press releases come from the governor's office so in favor of this. But yeah. but I will say the bill itself is generic. It's not geared toward one specific company. And we know it, 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 through the course of this, we are a finalist, and it sounds like between us or Oklahoma. Mm. And Oklahoma has already got some of these statutes in place. Sure. So my opinion, it's time Kansas step up and at least get the statutes in place yep. to attract big businesses, no matter who it is. Sure. But let's get them in there so that we can play with the other states around us to possibly bring these in. And I've always said that's, that is the one tax increase I would vote for. And it's not more taxes. It's broadening the tax base. If we can bring in... 4,000 plus workers. Think of what the tax base goes to. Exactly. So, yeah, well, good. I mean, yeah, we need to start matching, comparing, and competing with some of our neighboring states. Let's take a break. Bottom of the hour news. State Representative Leo Delperdang. We will continue some of these conversations in just a moment here. Plus, we'll take some phone calls. We'll talk about some more legislative issues. We'll talk about some federal issues. Have some fun wrapping up the show. The last half hour already flying right on by for a Saturday morning. It's Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome back into the program. Last half hour already. Wrapping it up on the home stretch. Joe Pegg's live with the weekend. He'll be right around the corner here on KQAM. Next week, I will not be on the air live with you. Just to give you a little programming heads up for you. Got some other stuff got to take care of, but we'll be back at it the week after that. So lots of things to go through. We'll also do one more registrant for the purse giveaway here in just a little bit as well. State Representative Leo Delperdang hanging out with us here right now for the last half hour of the show. We'll talk uh, some more legislative issues. We'll also lighten it up and talk some other issues as well. And I want to get your thoughts at 316-721-8255. The lines are all lit up, so let's go right to it here, shall we? Line number one. Good morning. Here's this. Hey, Andy, it's Sean. What's going on? Dude? What's happening, Sean? How are you? Oh, pretty good. And I tell you what, man, when, when the sky is blue and the sun is shining and it's, uh, you know, warmer outside, I feel so much better about things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say I still enjoy this cool. When I, when I left this morning, it was 12 degrees and I'm still wearing my shorts and T-shirt. I am enjoying it. Yesterday when it was what, like three degrees, one degree outside, I don't sense a difference between like what it is today and what it was yesterday. I just don't feel a difference. And I, again, now I was going to wear the shorts yesterday and Mrs. Voice of Reason got really mad at me as I was walking out there and said, uh-uh, go put some jeans on. I said, okay. Yes, dear. Mm-hmm. 
Perhaps maybe you'd be at more home living in the North Pole. <laughs> I honestly would not mind that, I guess. Uh, apparently. I don't know. I enjoy the cold. If it gets above like 75 degrees, man, I'm telling you, I get sick and I just, I, I can't move and I get tired and I just, I have no mojo. Wow. Yeah. Boy, you wouldn't last in uh, Palm Springs, California. <laughs> no, no, I would not. No. What's on your mind this morning, my friend? Hey, first of all, thanks for fact checking me last Saturday on the uh, on uh, Neil Young and America. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. No, I, so I don't know anything about Neil Young, and as we are talking about the whole Joe Rogan debacle, I don't know Neil Young. I've never heard his music. I've heard like maybe one song in passing. Like, oh, okay, that's him. Okay. I other than that, I have no clue. So the song you mentioned, I played it, and then we had a caller after that got registered for the gift, and he said, "By the way, that wasn't a Neil Young song. That was America." And I had, I, I, I didn't know. I had no clue. I said, okay, that makes sense. Well, see, I got, uh, I have both of those records in my uh, record collection. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Horse or No Name, uh, America, and um, Heart of Gold by Neil Young. Sure. But I went through my collection in about seven or eight years, so I forgot. And uh, when I heard Dan Bongino mention uh, Neil Young when he was talking about this thing with Joe Rogan, I was like, first, who the hell is Neil Young? That name sounds familiar. And then I had to think about, okay, what did he sing? Okay, well, it just goes to show you my mind is not as sharp as it used to be. And I forgot, you know, he sang Heart of Gold, not the other song. But those two records, okay, those two songs are of the same same, uh, genre. So they could very easily... You know, if you listen to them, they could very easily have been done by either America or Neil Young. Sure, sure. Do you listen, Leo? Do you listen to Neil Young? I know who Neil Young is. Okay, all right. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking of something else going on here right now. But what (laughs) today's what February fifth? The fifth, yeah. What happened two days ago in history? February third. Um, man, that's a good question. Yeah. February 3rd, 1959. That's the day that music died up in Clear Lake, Iowa. Mm. Oh, Buddy Holly. Yeah, Buddy Holly, the big bopper. and uh, Interesting. Uh, yeah. And uh, Richie yeah. Valens. Yeah. And yeah. The, the pilot was Roger Peterson, I believe, who was a pretty young guy, yeah. too. I've, I've done some reading on it. It's really interesting. interesting. I thought that flight was actually had went further than what it had. But they took off from the airport there in Mason City at... 12.55 in the morning, and at 1, 1 o'clock in the morning, five minutes later, is when the plane actually crashed. They only made it about only five, five minutes. Six, yeah, five wow. or six miles is all they made it. Wow. So Didn't they go down in bad weather? Yeah, it was, it was snowing pretty bad, and what came out yeah. later on is the pilot who was, the pilot was 21 years old, but he had about 700 hours of flight time behind him, but he was, huh. he had taken the IFR rating and failed the test. So he was not supposed to be flying in inclement weather. <laughs> not supposed to be flying. Yeah, it was wow. visual only, and it was snowing heavy, and I think this, they said the ceiling was 3,000 foot or so. Interesting. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, yeah. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, you know, boy, I've really got something to say about this situation with uh, Whoopi Goldberg and what she said. Go for it. But, uh, well, I can't, first of all, I can't stand Whoopi Goldberg. She says too many stupid and offensive things in the past, you know. Yeah, she's not and the she, brightest screen in the box. Yeah. Well, can, can I ask she, you a quick question on Whoopi? 
Yeah. When she made a statement, when if Donald Trump was to win the election a couple of years back, that she was moving to Canada. So I'm curious, why what? is she still here to begin with? Maybe she'll quit the view now and move to yeah. Canada. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> let's hope. But uh, you know, what's his name was going to move to South Africa. I can't remember his name. Um, Oh, that black actor, you know, he was going to move. They're always going to move to Canada or somewhere else, and they never do. So, but, uh, yeah, anyway, um, I hate to do this. I hate to, you know, I just can't believe I'm doing this. But in her defense, uh, you know, she want, I didn't see where she was trying to be mean or mal, you know, by what she said. She just, she just, uh, just proved that she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about when it comes to history. Yeah, it wasn't but, a malicious uh, attack. She just has no clue about history. She has no clue what she's talking about. So you're right. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be like an anti-Semitic kind of thing. It was just, I know the point she was trying to make. It was just a really dumb way to say it because she's factually incorrect. Yeah, well, you know, I haven't talked with anybody about this, and especially a church pastor, but I was doing some thinking, you know. And, I, and you know, the, the, uh, the very first three religions on the planet for whom Abraham is for some reason considered the father of, uh, I don't know why, because I haven't asked or done, done any homework on it, but uh, that, that would be Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Sure. Now, if you was to adapt Islam as, as your religion, that would make you a Muslim. If you was to adapt Christianity, or let's say you was to, uh, uh, you know, accept Christ as your Savior, well, then that makes you a Christian. Right. So so if you was to adopt Judaism as your religion, that would make you a Jew. Sure. So uh, so you can't be, so 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 Jews aren't a race, okay? The, the Hebrews are a race, and, and it's the Hebrews, okay, for example, the, the, um, 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 in my opinion, there's only one race, uh, and that's the human race. And within the human race, there are various ethnicities as well as nationalities. Sure. Now, the the Israelites of the Old Testament are what's known today as Israelis. And Israelis are Hebrews, but not all of them are Jews. Some of them are Christians, and some of them uh, don't have a uh, religious uh, uh, faith at all. You know, not that they're atheists or nothing. They just don't, they're neither Jews or Christians, you know, they're they just go on about their business or whatever. Sure. So, so when when she said that it wasn't about race, she's kind of uh, technically right. At the same time, she's wrong. But uh, you know, Hitler, I think, uh, thought of the Jews as a race. Well, she did. Hebrew. I mean, yeah. I mean, he saw it as a as a people, the Jewish people that he hated and despised, and he wanted to eliminate. Which is why he spe- he specified he wanted to round up Jews and kill them in the in the tens of millions or six million, ten million, whatever it was. You know, by the end of it. So, I mean, yeah. Again, it's I, I'm with you. I get it. She is factually incorrect. She has no clue what she's talking about. But I get the point she was trying to make. It was just dumb in a really dumb way, and it really just enheightens her mentality of she's a victim because she's a certain skin color and therefore that skin color is the most victimized ever in the world ever before especially in this country and that's what she was really trying to say was that because i'm black i know about x y and z more so than even jews when they were being rounded up by hitler because hitler wasn't doing it by race and that's really the point that she was trying to make hate to cut you off there sean we got a lot of calls that i want to get to and we're running short on time but uh i appreciate that very much and you're right i mean whoopi's just an idiot i'm i'm waiting for her just to move to canada and and to quit. She's sad. She's threatening to quit the view. She's quit. She's threatening it. So 
cancel yourself. It's like Neil Neil Young. Just cancel cancel culture at its primest, baby. Cancel yourself. Why the heck not? Let's go back to it. Line at number two. Good morning. Who's this? Scott. Scott, what's going on, sir? How we doing? Well, this is February. It's uh, Black History Month. Yes. And uh, I'm going to spread a little Black History moment. Go for it. What you got? The, uh, well, uh, Biden is just an example of historically you had uh, white supremacists who used black people to push their agenda. So they had what they called the black face of white supremacy. In, in this case, they're using them to push and promote the vaccine for COVID-19, which has never really been tested uh, legitimately and is just pushed by the white supremacists, not only just to kill black people, but just to depopulate the world, period. Sure. Uh, but they use a lot of the black people because, you know, they're hesitant because historically you had Tuskegee experiments, you had Negro projects with the abortionists, you had eugenics. That's still going on, by the way, too. Black people. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is a, a another democratic ploy uh, of white supremacy to use blackface to promote killing off uh, specifically black people and whoever else they can get to depopulate the world. Well, yeah, I would go. I would go more in the support of it is a way to control the masses. Whether you want to go to the level of population control, you know, I don't know any details of the vaccine on how it's, you know, what it's going to do. But that is why, and I completely agree that that's why the uh, black communities are very hesitant to get the vaccine because they've been forced into so many other experimental things throughout the years, and why. Uh, I, you know, again, I have not gotten my vaccine, nor do I plan to get it at all. And the more they push it, the more I'm going to fight it and, and not do it because I just, I, I don't want to get it. I don't need to get it. And the fact that they do push it leads me to believe that, uh, you know, it's probably not the best for me. Well, uh, back in the early seventies, there was a doctor, uh, Boyce Graves. He, he took a picture in front of the UN and he showed a flow chart, which was explaining how AIDS was a man-made disease, though people hadn't heard about it yet. He was doing that so that in later years, people would know that this was something that they they were warned about. And I know social media and a lot of things weren't prevalent back then, so people couldn't just get on TV or radio and, and try to break this down like some have done in the past. I mean, even William Cooper tried to explain, you know, the whole hair, behold a pale horse. Sure. He tried to explain that situation, how they were trying to depopulate, and of course they were mainly after black people. Yeah, that is very true. I I will say that that book, Behold a Pale Horse, is a very interesting book. I find it intriguing. I agree with some of it. I disagree with a lot of it as well. Um, uh, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot of perspective on the scares and worries that uh, that could potentially come out of this. So that's a great point, uh, Scott. I appreciate that. And happy Black uh, History Month to you because I, I I think it's fascinating. And I you're right. There's a lot of skepticism in the communities there uh, for sure regarding the COVID vaccine. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines here, shall we? 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Uh, Leo, we'll get to some more issues here in a second, too. But, man, we'll just keep on rolling. Line number three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Andy. It's Nick. Nick, what's happening, sir? How we doing? I'm doing wonderful. And yourself? Hey, we are living the dream every day. Well, between eugenics, religion, and politics, I'm not sure where I can step in here. <laughs> We've just covered the whole gamut today, so just throw something at the wall. 
<clears throat> well, let me tell you, practicality speaking, if this pandemic that they've defined turns into an endemic, I have a concern with this $2.9 billion or whatever that the state of Kansas uh, is apparently taking the carrot stick from the federal government for. I don't know. I need your help, and, and maybe Representative Delper Dan can uh, check it out, too, this agreement that the state of Kansas signed. It seems to me that if we take this money, as I read it, and I could be wrong, I might not have my tinfoil hat on a little too tightly, I don't know, but it seems like this agreement we signed basically severs any Tenth Amendment sovereignty rights for the state of Kansas in the language if now, the hold pandemic on. becomes pandemic. What, what bill are we talking about here? Because I'm not familiar with what bill we're discussing. Well, there's a bill that's going to transfer a billion dollars from state general funds to um, the CAPERS, which if oh, we okay. actually gotcha. had the money, I would be happy with. But the contractor agreement that the state of Kansas signed, I believe, and, and I'm looking for somebody's confirmation, uh, in it there's a section that says um, that w- the state of Kansas is going to follow all applicable federal laws, executive orders, and everything like that. So if this uh, related to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, but if it becomes endemic forever and ever, what's stopping the federal government in a year and a half saying, well, this is related to COVID, so we're going to have to take your guns or do whatever weird executive order uh, thing they want to do. And so I'm just throwing it out to uh, all my conservative legislators and and people that are somewhat like-minded is this a thing that we should be worried about? Is that carrot stick out there? And once we take it, we are severing our uh, sovereignty rights as, as a state of Kansas, because you know the Tenth Amendment is one of my favorites, especially when it comes to that favorite plant I like to talk about, cannabis. But if we're going to just say the federal government can do whatever they want with the state, and I understand that there are strings attached with anything, but this one looks a little more sinister uh, to me. But, um, you know, Andy, I appreciate your show. I know you've had a lot of calls. You want to get to the representative, but it's just something that I was concerned about and wanted to uh, flow with you and see maybe yeah. if you could check on it and make sure I'm not uh, being too paranoid. God bless you guys. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, Nick, we appreciate that very much. So, yeah, essentially the, the $2 billion that we have in a surplus right now and some of the money we've accepted for COVID uh, relief from the federal government, is that, you know, tying us to the whims of the government down the road. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, it's, what and it's something like? I can I I will check into when we get back in, in Topeka this next week. Yeah, but that's, that's the really the first one I've heard about that. But it doesn't mean it's not happening. Sure. Um, but I, I'll take I took some yeah. notes here while he's talking. I'll check into that. It. Seems to be always a concern is when we're accepting a buttload of federal government money. Yeah. What kind of strings are attached to that yeah. for either current or down the road? And yet, if it is going to be, and it's going to be going on forever, it's just going to be with us. So therefore, we need to have constant procedures and mandates in place from the federal government whenever they go on a whim. That would be a little concerning to me. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, we got just a couple minutes here before we take a break, but let's talk real briefly about the redistricting mm-hmm. on where we're at. As we mentioned before, Governor Kelly had vetoed the redistricting plan, but what would that look like with the bill that was proposed, and what is the next step here? Well. I've got the press release that the governor's office put out and just looking at the guidelines here, but <clears throat> just a few things from it. The guy, the, the guidelines are is the each congressional district cannot have more than 734,470 in pop in population. Okay. And really federal guidelines is zero tolerance. You cannot go above this. Right. Okay. So we're watching that real close. Well, 
Some are saying we're gerrymandering everything. No, we're watching the math on this. And per the governor's statement, Senate Bill 355, known as the Ad Astra II, does not follow the guidelines and provides no justification for deviation from those guidelines. And she goes on to Wyandotte County is getting carved into two separate congressional districts. Mm. That is the case on the map. We're, We're cutting some of this out. And it's because due to population growth over the past 10 years, we are approximately 58,000 individuals over this number I'd read off, the 734,470. Sure. And where the guy, the federal rules are zero tolerance, suddenly you've got 58,000 too many. We've got to do something with that. So you either start splitting lines or you remove some of the people you know yeah now the problem that they don't like of course is that because that's breaking into wyandotte county their stronghold district that is with sharice davids with the third district right now that would start getting cut up and split up and they could potentially lose that seat yeah you look at that part of it too you know so i mean that's why that's why i'm assuming that's why she's vetoing this is because they're losing their stronghold and same token i heard numerous uh news reports that part of her veto looked at the fact that only and i'm going to say only 79 people voted for this map. Okay, so keep that in mind. So I went ahead and and I've got a copy of the actual vote that <laughs> you know anybody's welcome to see or you can get it out there online too. Um, but there was truly 79 votes for it. Sure. There was 37 against it. And but the key is there was seven no non-voting where it was just a no vote. I don't want to say no, but they did not vote. There were right. seven of them. They were out sick, and a lot of those were of the Republicans. So you bring those seven back in. If you bring in just five of them, you've got a vote that is not uh, veto sustainable. Sure. And so, yes, I I do believe we're going to have a, an override coming up this week. Ooh. I do believe those people will be back. So you don't think They're, it's going to go to court? Then we're just going to we're going to it'll actually it'll be able to override that veto and make it done. I'm sure the courts will still look at it though. Sure. And on top of that, there was two who voted present. And I'm not going to name the names. If you want to go look it up, the information's out there. But they voted present. One of them did it because the he was a good, it's a Republican House member, but the new maps drew a, a line right down his district. And he said, he, basically, he didn't have a problem with it. He understood the maps, but... He did. He did have did not have a way to go back and explain it to his district why it was coming right down the middle of it. Other right. than again, it was looking specifically at the mathematical number, the seven hundred and four thousand people. Interesting. So that will probably be a yes vote for us right there on the on the override. Also. Sure. Now that uh, I believe I heard that if these maps that we're looking at right now that got vetoed, if they do come to fruition, that we would have an extra new house seat in the Wichita area. Is that true? Uh, now this is we're dealing with the congressional that's just map. congressional one there, right? Yeah. So okay. once that's done, then we're going to go after. Oh, the then you go after individual okay. House and Senate maps. So you do, do those differently then at different times. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that makes yes. sense. Cool. Yes. Cool. Well, yeah, this would be interesting. Now I am. Uh, I mean, it would, as you mentioned, split up Wyandotte County. It would be interesting to see the Democrats lose their stronghold there. Yeah. On the other hand, would be putting some not so conservative people into other districts where that could balance things out and make those a little bit more moderate as well. Yeah, but it, we were assured that those 
congressmen that are in place right now yeah. would still have won their seats okay. under the new map. Okay. And we looked at several, and some split Wyandotte County, some split Johnson County, but it was the same issue. There's too much population up there. You've got to do some splitting. Got to so do some splitting, yeah. No matter which map you looked at, you were splitting population. That's interesting. I, I have always been fascinated by that process to see how it's done. And you're right. You know, where is it from the legitimate we need to redraw to the gerrymandering? We're going to do it for political uh, sides one way or the other. I always get very wary of that because they did that in Boulder County in Colorado mm-hmm. where they literally took the city of Boulder and they split it up like a pie to where the rest of the county ended up going very blue because they always got a sliver of that Boulder city of Boulder where they have the nutso left wingers and the rest of the county that's very conservative would never have a voice. And yeah. uh, that's a concern to me. Yeah. And, and notice since in, in my talking on this, I'm not doing any, I'm not saying anything about race or exactly. Yeah. Anything. You guys are strictly, strictly looking at numbers. We're looking at population. Yeah. Population numbers. Mm-hmm. That's it. We're out of time. My friend, state representative Leo Delperding. Always a pleasure. Good to see you again. Thank you for having me, Andy. It's it's always a pleasure. We'll get you back on again soon. Thanks again to all the callers. Great topics, great conversations. We'll continue those here again soon. Back at it on Monday with The Voice of Reason for our national broadcast of The Voice of Reason at 4 p.m. right here on KQAM on your flagship station. Again, we'll be off next Saturday for Candace Talk. Back at it the next week. So we'll look forward to seeing you then. Until then, have a great weekend. Stay warm. We'll see you on the radio.